You got 2 Peter chapter 1 and 2 Timothy chapter number 3. You stand as we reverence the reading of God's Word this morning. In 2 Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 19, the Word of God says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Verse number 20, knowing this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now turn over to uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 16. The Word of God says in 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture. Now he said all, he didn't say just the parts you like. But all of it. Not just the New Testament, but all of it. Not just the Gospels, but all of it. Not just John 3.16, but all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. Father, as we come to you this morning, just thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for allowing us to be here. Thank you for that song service, God. What a blessing it was to sing those old songs, God. I thank you for those hymns that carry so much truth in them, Father. Thank you, God, for a choir that will sing out and just uh, praise and worship you in song. God, I thank you for each one that's here this morning that's taking time to come into this house, God, to worship you today, to hear a word from you. Father, I just pray now, God, that you would empty me of anything of me, Fill me with Thy blessed Holy Spirit, God. I pray, not, Father, not that You would help me to preach, but God, that You would preach through me. That, God, I'd be nothing but a vessel, God, just a mouthpiece for You to speak to Your people this morning. God, I pray above all things, God, that our Holy, uh, our Holy Savior would be high and lifted up this morning. And I thank You and praise You for all that You're going to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated this morning. It's, amaze, it's amazing to me, it's always amazed me, the things, or how many things, I guess I should say, we take for granted here in America. How many things that are so commonplace or so normal that we forget how precious they truly are. Somebody once said this simple truth that you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Amen. I mean, stop for a moment, just stop for a moment and think of some of the things that we as Americans take for granted. Food, clothing, education, clean water, a bath, books. That's just to name a few of the things that we as Americans take for granted this morning. Things are so commonplace for us that we just don't even think about having them anymore. But what about us as Christians? We take for granted our freedom to come into the house of God and worship week after week. 
We take for granted uh, the prayers that we pray. We take for granted these old hymns that we sang each Sunday. But there's one thing in particular this morning uh, that I realized that we take for granted on a daily basis, and that is our Bibles. Amen. I began, I was sitting back here in the office a couple of weeks ago, and I was just studying and reading and uh, planning and thinking and meditating upon God's Word, and it hit me. How much the Bible, or let me say it this way, just how important the Bible has been in all of your lives. Most folks in the South were raised in church. We are, we are, or at one time we were the Bible belt of the United States. And every one of us raised in church have heard the gospel preached. We've, we've had Bibles in our houses. We grew up listening to preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And we don't realize that many of the things that we know today are because of the Word of God. I got to thinking about this, and I thought about this one simple thought, and it's the title for my message this morning. Without the Bible, I'd be a fool. Without the Bible, I would be a fool. Do you realize this morning that, 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 that most of the, the... Let me say this one. The most important things that you know this morning you got from your Bible? Without the Bible, I wouldn't know the origin of all things. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created. It didn't, it didn't try to prove the existence of God. It didn't say that there was a big bang. It didn't say that there was a, a cesspool of, of, of trash that suddenly turned into something. It said that in the beginning, God created. The Genesis is a book of beginnings in your Bible. The beginning of the universe, the beginning of man, the beginning of sin and death. The beginning of a promised Messiah in uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. The scattering of the nations. Why, why are there so many languages? Go over to Genesis and read about the Tower of Bible. The birth of Israel. How did Israel come into existence? What's their purpose? Read it in your Bible. Without the Bible, we would be ignorant of how all things begin. You realize that without the Bible, you wouldn't know the, the beginning, the origin of the universe and the world? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What is it that the school is teaching our children? The school is teaching our, our children that this world began uh, by random chance, that there was a big bang and there all things were. I'll never forget one time hearing the story about some scientists. They made a challenge to God. They said, all right, God, we can create life ourselves." God said, okay, you just go ahead and do that. They went out there and they scooped them up some dirt. And they said, uh, God said, uh, what are you doing? They said, well, we're getting dirt to make life with. He said, uh-uh, you get your own dirt. God created the heaven and the earth from nothing. 
There was no big bang. There was no cesspool. There was no evolution. Hey, I, I'm tired of the schools feeding our children a bunch of lies. I'll just go ahead and admit it this morning. You, you can call me simple-minded. You can call me stupid. You can call me whatever you want to. I believe in a literal six-day creation. On the seventh day, God rested. I believe this earth isn't billions of years old. I believe it's 6,000 years old. And without the Bible, I wouldn't know any of that. You stop and think about what the school taught you. Even some of y'all, Brother Jim, your age. All that mess about evolution and all was going on back then. And you stop and think about it. Without your Bible, you wouldn't know the truth about how this world came into existence. Hebrews 11.3 says that through faith we understand that the world's were formed by the Word of God. So that, the, so that things which are seen uh, were made of things which do appear. God, ex nihilo, made everything out of nothing. And it's, it's because of God speaking that this world is here. Without the Bible, I wouldn't know of the origins of the universe. Without the Bible, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know the origin of man and his purpose. The oldest question that man has ever asked is this. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Why, why am I on this earth? Without the Word of God, I wouldn't have an answer for that question. Without the Bible, I'm, I'm left with only evolution, with random chance. Without the Bible, man is no more than a highly evolved animal. He's no more than a mosquito. So why does it make sense to, to jail somebody or sentence somebody that has murdered an animal? We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't put somebody in jail for swatting a fly. But evolutionists will tell you that we're no more than a highly evolved fly. Without the Bible, I wouldn't know why man was here. I wouldn't know how man got here. And without the Bible, there is no reason for life. It's simply survival of the fittest. But the Bible's taught me that God does have a plan and a purpose for man. Do you realize this morning that you were created to have a love relationship with God? We were created to love God to be loved by God and to have fellowship with God. You're not some random chance happening this morning. Man was God's crowning glory on the days of creation. Man was created to have dominion and stewardship over God's creation. But if man was created in innocency, if man was created without sin, what happened? I challenge you to do something. I challenge you to start reading your Bible in Genesis chapter 1. Read Genesis 1, 2. Skip chapter 3 and go to chapter 4. And see just how much of your Bible makes sense. Without the Word of God, I wouldn't know about sin, suffering, and death. You know, people ask me all the time, why, why is there so much sickness? Why is there so much suffering in this world? Why do people have to die? If God's a loving God, then why, why, why do we have so much, sin, so much sin, so much suffering in the world? You know what I tell them? Go read Genesis chapter 3. Go read Genesis chapter 3. 
You'll find out why. It's because of sin. It's because man fell in the Garden of Eden. And that sin nature was passed from generation to generation to generation to generation. Why is there so much suffering? Because of sin in the world. But without the Bible, I wouldn't know that this morning. You know why people are so confused today? Because they don't know the Bible. Without the Bible, I'd be a fool. I wouldn't know the origin of all things. I wouldn't know how the world came into existence. I wouldn't know the purpose and plan that God has for man. I wouldn't know why there's suffering and death and sin in this world without the Bible. Why is there so much crime? How can people go out and kill other people? Uh, why is there riots? Why are all these things happening in our world today? I know why. Because of the Bible this morning. Because of the Bible. And without your Bible, without your Bible, you'd be a fool. You realize this morning, without your Bible, you would know nothing about God? You stop and think about that. Without your Bible. Buddhists don't have a Bible and they're messed up in their concept of God. Let me just give you some others. Jehovah's Witness. Oh, they have a Bible, but they chose to follow man's writings and to change the Word of God to mean something that they don't mean. And they're messed up because they don't follow the Bible. The Mormons, they don't follow the Bible. They're fools. You say, how can you say that? Fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And without the Bible, I wouldn't know anything about God. Without the Bible, I wouldn't know who God is. I wouldn't know about God's power. Hey, I'm trying to tell you this morning that we serve a God who's all-powerful, almighty God. He has all things under control. He set this earth uh, out in space on nothing. Uh, and He holds it uh, up by His power. He provides for us. He sustains us. Uh, the tides move. They come in. And they go out by God's power. He hung the stars in the sky. He created all things around you. He created the angels in heaven. He created us a place to go to when we die in heaven if we receive His Son as our personal Savior. I'm trying to tell you this morning, there's not one problem that you'll ever face that God's not able to take care of it. Because God is a powerful God this morning. You see, I get to reading my Bible and I read, about, I read about God fighting those battles for Israel and how powerful God is. I get to reading about God's judgment on those wicked nations and I see how powerful God's, uh, God is. I read about how that God took nothing and created all things and I realize just how powerful God is. And I realize that He who uh, gave His only Son, how shall He keep from me anything that I ask of Him? I'm trying to tell you that we serve a mighty God this morning. Amen. Amen. And I wouldn't know that without the Bible. I'll tell you something else I wouldn't know about God's holiness without the Bible either. Boy, now there's a word we don't hear in the Baptist church anymore, is it? Holiness. God's holiness. What do you mean by holiness? I'm talking about God's purity. In Him is light and there is no darkness at all. I'm talking about God as a thrice holy God. A God who cannot look upon sin. A God who cannot be around sin. A God who cannot let sin go un unpunished. Uh, I'm talking about a, a holy God. You want to know about God's holiness? Go over there to the book of Leviticus and start reading the law and reading about God's holiness. You want to see God's holiness? Look at God turning His back on His only Son as He dies 
died upon Calvary. Why did He do that? Why did Christ cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because He had your sin on Him. And God the Father... Now, y'all need to understand this this morning. I I want you to understand it this morning. Here's Jesus Christ. God manifest in the flesh. The second second person of the Trinity. God the Son. Sinless. 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 God in the flesh. As much God as if He had never been man. As much man as if He had never been God. Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. I'm talking about from eternity past. From eternity past, from eternity past, Jesus Christ, uh, the Son, and God the Father had never been separated. They had enjoyed fellowship from eternity past. But on the cross of Calvary, for the first time in all of eternity past, and the last time in all of eternity future, God the Father turned His back on the Son and looked away from Him. Why? Because of sin. He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Now let me ask you a question. If God the Father turned His back, turned His face away from God the Son because He had sin on Him, why do you think you can approach God any way you want? Why do you think that you can approach God with unconfessed sin in your life? Live like hell through the week and come to church and expect God to hear your prayers on Sunday. My God, how I wish we could get back to the holiness of God again. Without the Bible, I would know nothing about God's power. I'd know nothing about God's holiness. Let me say this. Without the Bible, I'd be a fool. Because I'd know nothing about God's love and forgiveness. Yes, God is a thrice holy God. And because God is holy, He cannot allow sin into heaven. One speck of sin in your life will keep you out of heaven. It doesn't matter if the only thing you've ever done in your entire life, and there ain't none of us this good in this place. Let's just go ahead and there ain't none of us this good. If all you ever done was told one little white lie, that's enough to keep you out of heaven. Matter of fact, you don't have to do anything because your, your sin nature has already condemned you. Your sin nature has already condemned you. You're already, if you're not under the blood of Christ, you're already condemned this morning. You're already under condemnation this morning if you've not believed on the only begotten Son of God. God's holiness, God's holiness, God's holiness. God is a just God. God cannot allow sin uh, to go unpunished. If God were to allow sin to go unpunished, He would cease being God. If there was one sin in your life that God turned His face from and ignored it, God would cease to be God. But God in His love and in His mercy And in His grace, found a way. He he devised a plan. He came up with a plan 
that you could be reconciled to Him and spend all eternity with Him. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Every one of us in this place, they ain't a one of us that ain't sinners in this place. Amen. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of our righteousness is as a filthy rags in His sight. Every one of us in this place has sin in our life. And God could never look at and condone that sin. So God had to, had to come up with a way to do away with our sin. To, to get that sin out of there. Well, the, the law said that the wages of sin is death. Now remember what I said. If God ignored one sin, He would no longer be God. Justice. Justice said, the sinner must die. The sinner must die. And if God showed mercy without showing justice, God would no longer be God. But God is a merciful God also. Let me explain it this way. I may have used this illustration not long ago. I'm going to use it again. Some of y'all may not have heard it. I sit in court all the time. I, I, I don't mind. It's okay. But I sit there in court. And there's, there's times in court that the law says for this crime, this person has to do this amount of time. Well, we got some judges that have a lot of compassion. They have a lot of mercy. Well, the justice, justice, the law, justice says if you do this crime, you have to have this amount of, of, of penalty. This, this is the wages for that crime. Well, if the judge over here says, well, I know what the law says, but I'm going to go below that and I'm just going to give you time served. Has he fulfilled the justice of the law? Absolutely not. But if the judge comes over here and he says, well, I'm sorry, but the law says this is the wages for your sin. Is he now merciful? No. But if the judge says, the law says that you have to pay this for your penalty. But I'm, I'm, I'm a compassionate, merciful judge. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you go free and I'm going to serve your time. Now, is the judge just? Has, he, has justice been fulfilled? Yes. Because the judge took the punishment. But has the judge been merciful? Yes. Because he let the sinner go free. You realize this morning that's exactly what God did for you? God looked down through the eons of time. He saw you over here. And God said, justice says, for the wages of sin is death. Therefore, somebody's got to die. Uh, therefore, I cannot let this sin just go. I can't let them walk free in their sin. Uh, I have to fulfill justice or I'll no longer be God. But I'm a God full of compassion and plenteous in mercy. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the earth. I'm going to I'm going to put on a robe of flesh. I'm going to take their sin upon my body. I'm going to pay the wages of of sin, which is death. I'll die upon the cross and that'll, that'll take care of justice. That'll take care of my mercy and I'll save them from their sin by becoming sin for them. And that's exactly what God did for you. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. 
Every other religion out there, you listen to me this morning, every other religion out there will tell you you have to work for your salvation. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to keep these things. You can't do that. If you do that, you'll mess up. You'll go to hell. If you don't do this, you'll go to hell. I'm trying to tell you this morning, God said if you'll simply believe on my Son, you can have eternal life. You don't have to worry about doing one thing. I've already done it all. Christ hung there on that cross. The very last words He said was, It is finished. All of salvation paid for. Everything that you need to be justified, to be forgiven, to be cleansed, not only for your sins to be covered, but for them to be washed away. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, fulfilled upon the cross of Calvary as He died in your place. But you know what? Without my Bible, I wouldn't know that. Without the Bible, I'd still... There's tribes in Africa, in the Amazon, other places. They don't have a Bible, never heard the Gospel. You know what they're doing today? They're sacrificing their children. They're sacrificing animals. They're doing everything they can to appease a God that they don't even know. And you and I this morning have the Word of God, the, the very, a more sure word of prophecy, the very words of God Himself. Hey, these ain't man's words, these are God's words. Hey, uh, God told them what to write, they wrote it down. It's God's words, God's words in this book. And God has revealed Himself to us through His Word. Do y'all realize when you hold this book in your hand what you're really holding? Because without this book, I'd be a fool. Without this book, I wouldn't know the origin of all things. I wouldn't know about God. I'm going to give you this one real, real fast. Without this book, I wouldn't know the plans of God for the ages. Randall, I look around me and I see all the chaos going on. I see murders. I see, I see nations rising up. I see wars. I see famines. I see earthquakes. I see fires. I see all these things going on. And, and the natural man, the, 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 the sinful natural man, uh, wants to stop and say, why, why, why is all these things happening? But all I've got to do is open up the book. Open up the book. Read the book. And I understand what God's doing in this world. He warned us in 2 Timothy, this know also that in the last days perilous times should come. He warned us 2,000 years ago. He warned us of what it would be like today. As it was in the days of Noah. Also as it was in the days of Lot. This know also that in the perilous time, in the last days, perilous times shall come. What is God's plan? God's plan uh, is coming judgment on this world. He'll take His church out and then left behind will be those who never called upon His Son. He'll send strong delusion that they might believe a lie. There'll be a man rise up called the Antichrist. They'll rule and reign in this world for seven years. He'll wreak havoc. He'll be hell on earth. For seven years. But at the end of that seven years, Jesus Christ will come back. We'll come back with Him. For a thousand years, He'll rule and reign upon this earth. 
At the end of that thousand years, Satan will be loose. There will be another battle. Satan will be defeated, cast into the lake of fire. At that time, Christ will turn the kingdom over to the Father and it will be eternity with Jesus Christ, eternity with the Father. Uh, there will be no more sickness, no more pain, uh, no more heartache, uh, no more tears, uh, no more death. Uh, hey, uh, There won't be no more oxygen tanks. Uh, there won't be no more glasses. There won't be no more hurting backs and achy joys. Praise God! Praise God! God. You say, hey preacher, uh, what's going on in our world? Exactly what God said was going to go on. And I wouldn't know that without the Bible. Your Bible should be the most important possession that you own. You want to know what's going on in our world today? Read your Bible. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, and y'all know me, I love to read. I love reading. I go, I go, I go, a th- I, I have been all around the world. I've been to all over space by reading books. Charles Spurgeon said this visit many, many books, but live in the Bible. Live, live, visit many books, but live in the Bible. Parents, bring them up in the Bible. Teach them the Bible. If you don't do anything else, read a few verses a day with them. If they're getting this this Bible, this book in their minds, hey, I guarantee you this, the school's reading them all the trash that they can handle. The school's filling their minds with evolution. school's filling their minds with communism. The school's filling their minds with atheism. Most of our children, we look around us and we think teenagers get out of church when they become teenagers. Oh, no, 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 no. No. The truth is, they begin to get out of church before they get in middle school. By the time they're in middle school, they've already made up their mind whether or not they'll stay in church. You better better get them in the Word. Better yet, you better get the Word in them. Amen? Without this Bible, it just hit me, it just hit me that day as I was studying it. I was, re- I was just sitting back there just thinking about God's Word. And it hit me like a ton of brick. That without this Bible, Without this good old King James Bible, I'd be a fool. I wouldn't know anything. I'd be believing a lie today. Not knowing, I wouldn't know the gospel, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't know what was coming for us. Tina, I'd be miserable. Sister, Last night or not before last, she was in the hospital. Not before last, Friday night. Yeah. Friday night, she was in the hospital. Could you imagine, Sister Tina, I love you. Could you imagine going through all the things that you go through and not have? Miss Bonnie, could you imagine going through all you've been through? Without the the peace and the hope that that book brings you, 
Imagine, imagine you had never heard this book. Imagine you didn't know this book. Can you imagine how miserable and how hopeless you'd be right now? Vicky, how many times, sister, have you sit at home and all the sicknesses, all the things you've had going on, with no more hope anywhere else, but you got that old Bible out. Got to reading it. Something got to stirring inside of you. Sister Sandra, and your husband passed away. You felt so alone. How many times did he come to you? Through that blessed old book and give you hope Give you the peace that you need and make it through those times in your life. And church, I'm trying to tell you this morning. Without the book, without the Word of God, oh, I don't know where I'd be at tonight. Been times in my life to where it seemed like nobody cared. But oh, I'd pick up that book and I'd begin to read. There's been times in my life I've been so dry. Oh, it just felt like I just couldn't feel God around me. But oh, I'd pick up that book and I'd get to reading. And I'd read over there where He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake me. Oh, I'd begin to pray, God, I can't feel you right now. But you promised me in your words you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I know your word's true. And oh, how he had come by and began to love on me, Brother Ron. I'm trying to tell you that this morning, without the book, without the Bible, without the book, I'd be nothing. I wouldn't know anything. Without the Bible, I'd be a fool this morning. Miss Tina, you come on to the piano this morning. Church, I'm glad that God didn't just save us and leave us to ourselves. I've read a lot of books. I've reread a lot of books, and I've re-reread a lot of books. You know what? The, a lot of the old books that I've read, William Gurnall priest in the 1600s wrote a book called The Whole Armor of God. Commentary on the book of Ephesians chapter number 6 on that whole armor of God. Book's about that thick. William Gurnall's dead. You read Shakespeare, Shakespeare's dead. A.W. Tozer, uh, D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon, uh, E.M. Bounds, they're all dead in the grave. But I got a book by a living author. I got a book by an author that I, I can sit down when I don't understand something. All I got to do is ask him because he's sitting there with me every time I read his book. Amen. The most precious thing in your life 
of the most precious possession you own. Ought not to be that big house. It ought not to be that fine car. It ought not to be them firearms or something else. The most precious possession you own. Hey, if I were to ask you to die or this morning, uh, if you could go, if your house was burning down and you had time to run in and get one thing out of it, how many of y'all would go back in for your Bible? I was wondering how to do an altar call this morning. This is how I'm going to do it. I wonder how many of you this morning would just come and gather around these altars and say, God, thank You for the book. God, thank You for Your Word. Lead me in it. Guide me in it. Speak to me through it. But God, thank You for Your book. I wonder how many of y'all would make a commitment to spending more time in it this morning. As we stand this morning, the altars are open. I wonder how many would come and just say, God, thank You for the book.